Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am excited that you are joining me today Thank you for tuning in from wherever you are, walking, driving, working. Today, we are talking about how to manage all the transformation and change that is going on in the working world, especially as a result of COVID and the hybrid and remote workplace and all the things that are going on, as well as how to lead through this and create great culture in this new way of working. I'm not going to say the new normal. I'm not going to say it. I didn't say it, right? But this new way of working. And, and for some, working hasn't changed that much. But for many, it has. And for many companies, I've spoken with many people in talent development, learning and development across different companies and industries about how they are approaching this idea of return to the office or managing the workforce. And everybody's doing it differently. Everybody has different ideas. People are getting all kinds of different feedback from their employees. And I don't think anybody has it completely figured out, right? Everybody's running into different challenges. So I think you can gather as much information as you can, and you make the right decisions for your organization. And you've also been hearing a lot about the great resignation which is that a lot of people are looking to change jobs, move jobs as a result of things opening back up after COVID. And a lot of people are going to be leaving if they're not happy in their jobs. What can you do to keep those people, to keep them there, keep them productive, engaged, happy? Well, we're going to be talking about all those things today. My guest today is Tonil Miller, who is a consultant and IO psychologist who advises leaders to operationalize strategy and drive the optimal performance of their organizations and people through digital transformation, change management, the future of work, remote hybrid workplaces, culture, talent strategy, employee experience, and much more. Tanil formally managed transformation and change at PwC at Outreach.io before she went out on her own and founded EXT, stands for Experience and Change Management. And today with Tanil, like I said, we're talking all about managing change and transformation in this new way of working, 
as well as her dynamic workplace playbook, which is going to help you think through all the things that are going on. We also touch on employee experience. And in the bonus round, I'm going to ask her about her own career, including why she has decided to go out on her own and her biggest career successes and failures, all that sort of stuff. So before we get to it, I want to mention, of course, that this episode is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank Community, which is the number one place for people to go in talent development to connect, to learn, to share, to grow, to ask questions, to get answers to your questions and share challenges and best practices. We have over 100 talent development professionals who are excited to connect with you and with each other and share best practices. We bring in guest speakers every week. We have open forum calls where we support each other. We do networking every month. We have a private Slack channel and much more. So if you are looking for a community of learning and development, talent development professionals to connect with, come join us in the Talent Development Think Tank. Just go to tdtt.us, that's tdtt.us, and put in code HOTSEAT for a special discount for our Talent Development Hot Seat listeners. That's tdtt.us and code Hot Seat for a discount. Our podcast is also sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the number one place to go when you need any learning solutions to help your people do their jobs better, especially to create better leaders, to teach business acumen, improve financial performance, everything that you need when it comes to the power skills that your people need inside your organization. Advantage also sponsors our podcast and our podcast website. You can find out more information and get all of their free resources by going to talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. And now, without further ado, here is my interview on change management with Tunil Miller. Enjoy. Hey, Tunil, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on because I know you're doing a lot. Uh, you have a lot of experience in the change management space and working with a lot of clients now on change management and transformation. And as we record this in, you know, we're in the back half of 2021, there's all kinds of changes on going on. Uh, so I'm eager to dive into, you know, the way to approach change and transformation these days, kind of what has changed with COVID. But I want to start by asking you, what are you seeing in the world right now? As we record this in, you know, the third quarter of 2021, and there's all kinds of change going on. What are you seeing in the, the corporate world that's that's really interesting, especially from a change and transformation standpoint? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. As we all know, the world has changed drastically and it's accelerated during this pandemic. But I mean, I think just most recently, what I'm seeing a lot of is what we were touching on a little bit before we hit record, and that is really this mass exodus, right? The, the mm. big break resignation or whatever you want to call it. And I think that's interesting because, you know, a lot of the reasons why people are doing this now, all, they already existed before the pandemic. But now for various reasons, part of it is we've just proven that we can do it, right? We had to turn on a dime. People did all that and they did it very successfully in many cases, they're kind of, and now the power dynamic is different as well. It's more of a talent market again. And so I think that that's why this is happening. So I think that's kind of, it's almost like every morning when you open LinkedIn or you open the media, it's almost like when you're looking at the sports pages or whatever, you see the back and forth between the organizations that are demanding people to come back, people saying, nope, we're leaving and then everything in between. So I think that's really an interesting topic at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's mostly obvious to a lot of people, but why do you think there is so much movement going on now and a lot of people leaving organizations and changing jobs? Well, again, I think it was happening before the pandemic. And then, of course, for a while, people stayed put, right, because they were uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen. People are getting yeah. laid off. You know, I want to stay here for now. But I think now, for various reasons, on one hand, we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel, even though we have these new variants, we've, we've kind of gotten through it in the sense that we know how to do it and that 
we're not gonna, the world isn't going to end completely, even though it felt like that last year. Like part of it is that gives workers and employees more confidence and like, hey, it's going to take some time, but it's going to pass. Um, the other part is I think during this time, I've seen it firsthand, a lot of companies have burnt their people out. So granted, we know all the research, right? People have actually been more productive during the pandemic. They've worked more. And in some ways, that's good, right? Because there's been a lot of great things that came out of that. But then at the same time, if the companies don't reward those people for doing all that extra work and they don't say, take a step back in, into reality, basically, and say, oh, not only have you been working twice as long and hard, but you're also homeschooling your kids and you're caring for parents and you're doing these other things. I think a lot of companies that are kind of doing that tone deaf messaging are not really realizing the situation these people are in and have been in. And so I think that that's yeah. kind of people just got to a point where they're kind of just fed up and now the market's opening up like crazy. I think it's all these factors kind of coming at once. Right. People feel more free to, to move around. There's more opportunities than ever. And they're a little bit burnt out, maybe a little bit frustrated. Maybe they feel like they're not appreciated for the, all the work they put in over the last year, yeah. or they're just ready for a change. And that, you know, that's been pent up and putting it off. Uh, you mentioned COVID in there, which obviously has had a big impact on the working world over the last 15 months. You also mentioned you know, some of these changes that are going on and that you've worked a lot in change and transformation. And, and before COVID, I think you know, I've talked to a lot of people that work in transformation, do transformation work, and we thought there were a lot of changes going on already in the working world, right? But COVID has kind of changed the game on everything. What did COVID and the new way of working change about how we think about transformation and change in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I think one of the things that I think is that, you know, this whole like acceleration is bigger than the pandemic. I like to remind people of that. Um, so automation, AI, digital transformation, all that was happening before the pandemic. You know, workers wanting more flexibility, maybe not getting it, but really wanting it and working more and all and shrinking real estate footprints. All that was happening before. It's just that the pandemic was really that practical um, acceleration of it where we had to apply these things practically like overnight. And so I think that's where some of this is coming from. And then I think when it comes to transformation, I mean, I feel like a lot of the same principles that we would have employed before pandemic would still be employed, right? So all the great co-creation and, and, you know, iterating and more of an agile approach. But now because things are moving even faster and it's also a lot more uncertain, I think those things, those principles are even more important at this point in time. Yeah, it really accelerated a lot of trends that were going on, right? Which is like people working remotely, having flexible work, working from anywhere, more virtual development and digital learning and all that kind of stuff that was already, had been around for a long time, was been growing slowly for the last decade. And then all of a sudden, bam, everybody is working remotely. And now a lot of people are like, I don't really want to go back. I, I really like doing this, right? And there are also people who realize they really like being in the office and they want to be there. The interesting thing is when you have an employer who's basically telling you, you've got to do one way or the other, one thing or the other, and people want a lot more choice now, right? And they know they can get it too. So that's the thing is like, not only do they want more, but here's the thing. It's kind of like before this happened, a lot of people weren't remote. So we all thought we probably could do it, but we didn't know. And, mm -hmm. and granted, this was not ideal. I keep saying that like, this is so not ideal. This is not how it would have been done. You know, organizations like GitLab, me, I mean, the last 10 years, I've actually worked pretty much remotely. A lot of us have. And we realize it's not even that big of a deal as long as you have the technology and the processes, the culture, the tools, like the accountability, all those things. It's not a big deal. It's not difficult. But I think a lot of organizations just get so new to them. 
And then because we actually had to do this practically overnight, I think that's where people get a little bit tripped up. And I think what I'm seeing right now is that, you know, when it comes to getting people back in the office, like if we should, where we should, who's coming, how it's going to look, how the space is going to change. Um, I think right now, one of the big issues is that there's a big disconnect between what leaders of organizations want uh, and what their people want. And if the problem is if they are not listening to their people, that's, I, again, with this mass, mass exodus is coming in. So we'll see some of these organizations that as you and I have both seen in the news, they're demanding their people come back. They've already had them started coming back, regardless of the variance, regardless of whether they feel safe or not. Uh, they're just demanding it. And then right now, again, as I mentioned, especially because this workforce has really proven that they can do this with the, the worst you know conditions possible now they're like oh and we did that for you for a year and a half and we were more productive and brought more money in and did all this stuff and now you're actually making us come back like we're little kids i think that that's really tone deaf to these people and understandably mm. so and the other part too here is like i don't think there is really one size fits all right because to your point I guess what I've been advising leaders is when they come to me and they say, hey, how do we figure out if we're supposed to get back and how and what's the framework? And I say, it's one thing if you position it as, hey, guys, we know that for the connection, the collaboration, mental health, all these wonder, all these social aspects, you, you want the office available or you don't have the right space at home to work. It's one thing to say we have it available and it's open for you and it's safe. That is one thing. But these organizations are saying, no, we want you back, no matter what you have to do. That. That's a very different message. And so it's not about, I think these leaders need to understand that even if they want that, there is a way to message that so that people feel like you're doing it because you care about them mm. um, and making it safe for them and that sort of thing and, and iterating and testing as we go. Well, I'm glad you went into that because I was going to ask you, the next question I was going to ask you is, you know, with all these changes going on, we all have a lot of change to manage. What big mistakes are organizations making? It sounds like one of them is, in the messaging and the approach, telling people they have to do something versus having a conversation and, and seeing what people want. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And, and actually, my organization has recently built what we call the Dynamic Workforce Playbook because this is exactly the issue that we keep seeing, right? And it's been happening for months and months and months and months where organizations, you know, they don't know who should come in, how they should come in, when they should come in, how the new variants are going to impact, whether their space shrink, how, like it's just so uncertain. Even when we think we have a handle on it, as a lot of us did the last few months, now we realize, nope, now there's a new variant, now there's this, now there's that. And so what I would say is there's a few things in this handbook that we're, sorry, in this playbook that we really outline, right? So one of the things is really first talk to your people, right? So whether you're surveying them or you're holding round tables or whatever, the first thing is talk to them, see what they're asking for, see what they need, what they want, what they're comfortable with. That's one data point, right? So that's just part of this framework that we built. The other piece is if your offices are or have been open, observe when people come in, right? Who comes in? How many people come in? What are they using the space for? Like what just like as a, in a Petri dish, like an experiment, think about it that way. What are they actually using it for? Um, and then this uh, index that we built also, it looks at external factors, right? So things like um, the current protocols and regulations and you know, uh, laws or rules that are in place, variants that are happening, numbers, that sort of thing. It also takes a step back. It looks at your business model, right? So during the pandemic, a lot of business models had to change or they should change or people saw that they could automate things more. They could do more digital transformation, whatever. So it's really like take that broader look too at that piece, like your business model, should it change, could it change? 
What do you need to be competitive in this new environment? And then there's other factors, right? So look at your industry, what clients are expecting, what type of work do your people actually do? Do they need to be in the office? Could it be done somewhere else? Maybe it could, maybe it couldn't. You know, looking at your tech staff, do you have the right tools and collaboration tools and technologies that you could really arm your people to be successful? Uh, or do you need to actually invest more there? There's, you know, what is your people strategy? What is the current talent market? If you have a certain market of talent that's really hard to get and they all want to live around the globe, that's going to be different than you saying, oh, we just need some random folks in Iowa to come into the plant. I mean, these are very, you know, like in everything in between and, and around that. So those are factors. Um, there's also your organizational culture and values. Is it a hindrance or would it actually, you know, be a, a help to, to the sort of ways of working? Are you open? Are you flexible? And then so this index that we built has all these different factors and various other ones that can really actually, it's a model and it's an algorithm. So we can actually figure out based on all those factors and all the other different pieces that you want to include that's specific to your organization, like who should come back? When? What does that look like? What are these new models? What is the strategy? What's the transition plan to get you there? Um, I'm trying to think of the other pieces, but there's a couple other pieces involved, but really just giving leaders and organizations the tools they need. But again, in that is really being flexible over the next few years, no matter which way you go, you got to experiment, you got to try things on, you have to iterate. And again, listen to your people, create it with them. Don't just, yeah. you know, say, hey, we did this in a vacuum, get back to Every step of this interview, every answer you give me is one step ahead of I was going to ask you next about the playbook. And here we are, which is uh, which is great. Yeah, this is how a great conversation flows. What I'm really hearing here is the importance of curiosity and listening and using data to inform decisions before making a, a broad decision that affects so many people, you know, having the executives getting together and saying, yeah, I think we should bring people back on September 1st. Like, yeah. Okay, why and what are the benefits? So what you're talking about is really similar to, you know, what we saw be probably the best approach during the social justice rise of the social justice movement, which is going on that listening tour, right? Listening to people before just making decisions and find out what do people, how are people feeling? What do they want? And what would they like to see in the future? And then of course, obviously you got to weigh that with your own business imperatives, but you know, whether people are in the office or not, Sometimes it comes down to personal preference, right? Of leaders and employees. Are you seeing that? Definitely. And I don't know if you, your audience, I'm sure they've heard of GitLab, but I mean, they've been, they've been 100% remote from day one. So they have an amazing free playbook out there too. And there's a lot of organizations that are doing this right now where, I mean, it gives you all the tools that you could possibly need. And it shows you like what it looks like. It's, it, the thing is, is like, there are things that change, right? If you want to do this right, you certainly can. Um, but you just have to be deliberate. And that's the word that I always use when I describe this, because you can have an even better culture if you have hybrid and remote work, because you have to be deliberate. You can have an even better employee experience, even better all these things because it's more deliberate. And what you just hit on, I think, when we're talking about this particular change of listening, co-creating, you know, options, experimenting, iterating, being curious, this could apply to any transformation, any change, employee experience, any anything in the organization. And in fact, I think the best leaders, this is how they naturally lead. You know, they're on those listening tours. They're asking because they realize that it's not like it was back in the day where it's like, the leader of the organization is like a king on a throne and everyone has to listen to the command and control that comes out of his mouth. That's not how the world works anymore. And so, and it definitely won't be in the future even more so. So I think the, the, the good leaders are the ones that understand that and they really do take their people into consideration. Along with that, you know, talk to me about the importance of employee experience, because that's something that I, I was hearing more about and talking about two or three years ago. And I think it's become, you know, more and more important, especially as you think about this idea of hybrid work, remote work, 
Do people feel included if they're working remotely? Everybody has different needs and preferences and kind of reactions to what's going on. How do we manage and, and create the best employee experience possible? Yeah, and that's obviously a hot topic regardless of the time, especially now. It's funny because I think people wonder, oh, is this just another buzzword, like culture? Mm. Is it a buzzword? And, you know, I get it. People think they're buzzwords because the people that say that don't understand the science and the data and everything that goes into it. But it's really important because we all, especially now, but even pre-COVID, we all spend so much time and energy at work. And so many people don't even like what they do, right? And that's a huge disconnect because that's your stress, that's time away from your family, that's part of your life, which you only have one, by the way. Um, and so it really has that direct power to affect our everything, right? Um, and so if it's done right, which again, having a good employee experience, really being deliberate about that, it actually can enrich people's lives because one of my favorite authors, Vishen Lakhiani, he wrote this book called The Buddha and the Badass. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's great. And he really talks about how, you know, if done right, work really can offer the perfect structure to meet people's major human needs, right? So like security, safety, belonging, self-esteem, actualization, development, transcendence, like all these things, work actually offers a really good structure for that. And you got to work anyways, usually. So, I mean, it's kind of like, if you can make it a win-win, why not do that? Um, and there's so many minimal, either minimal cost or easy free tweaks that organizations and leaders can make that would be game-changing for their people and it would improve the bottom line. So then it's not just a paycheck for people at the expense of their souls, which in my opinion is way too high a price to pay. So to address your point, there's so many factors that go into employee experience, but I think some of the main guiding principles, I mean, because when you think about it, it's really beyond culture. It's that employee journey all the way through. It's everything from the time they start thinking about your brand as somewhere they might want to work and they go look at Glassdoor, even before that, all the way through every touch point, every life cycle moment in the company, everything, it includes culture, technology, process, how we treat, it's everything. Um, so that's why it's so important. And I think that, you know, if you kind of leave with those similar principles that we talked about a little bit earlier, when we talk about good transformation, they're very similar principles. It's again, co-creating, right? Inclusion, transparency, development, autonomy, clarity and accountability, all those things. It really comes down to treating people like owners, right? And letting them and enabling them to really act like owners and drive the business going forward. And guess what? It actually makes the business more profitable and successful as well. So it's really a win-win for everybody. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat. It's known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. So much value there. And you're right. Like we, we've got to think about how do we approach this to include everybody. Inclusion is important. Co-creation. You've got a lot of experience with change management and I have not worked in change management. I've interviewed a lot of people in change management. And one of the most important things I hear is you want co-creation. You want people to be on board. But I, I worked in you know strategy execution consulting, helping people implement strategies and get people aligned to strategies. And I've seen it over and over again. If you just tell people what the strategy is and what to do, they might tolerate it. They might listen and they're going to go back to work, right? That whole like, oh, we're going to have a town hall and just tell everybody like, this is what we're doing going forward. Here we go. Yeah. Versus 
getting people to buy in, experiencing it, understanding it for themselves, having them almost co-create it with you. So they feel like owners in that. And they feel like, okay, I participated in creating this. So I totally understand why we're doing it this way, why we're going back to work this way, why we're working this way. And I feel bought in and I feel excited about it versus like, oh, they told me to do this. and This is what I have to do. Yeah, I call that the difference between compliance and commitment, right? So compliance mm -hmm. is, yeah, I'll go to the town hall or I'll log in, but I'm not listening and I'm doing something over here. Commitment is like, oh my gosh, I actually got to feed a question into that town hall. I actually felt like I'm part of it. I have ownership of it. I'm very committed. And psychologically, it's a drastic difference between the two. Yeah, so huge when I think about that. And then also, I like you mentioned Vision Lakiani and his book. Of course, Vision is former Google employee, founder of Mind Valley, really big on mindfulness and mental health and personal development for people in the professional world, which you know kind of didn't really exist before what he was doing. And I'm a big fan of meditation and mindfulness and his meditation, the six phases meditation is uh, one of my favorites. I love doing that one. It just really gets me thinking about life and like, you know, just being grateful for everything I have. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Anything else that you think is really important? You know, you think about our audience working mostly in talent development, learning and development, training, and we are in this kind of new way of working now. And there's still lots of uncertainty and change going on, but we want to keep developing our people, right? You know, going back to what we talked about in the beginning of this interview, with the so-called great resignation happening, a lot of people moving around, a lot of people being burnt out. I think the number one factor, there's a few, right? But when people look at, okay, do I want to stay in this job or do I want to go look somewhere else is, you know, do I feel appreciated here? Do I feel like I'm part of something? And do I feel like I have growth opportunity, right? I can grow in my career and grow as a person. So when we think about those things and we want to improve our retention and keep our employees happy and, and stay here. What else do we need to be thinking about with regards to your plan and everything else we've talked about? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the other piece too, and a lot of this is kind of similar is, you know, again, we built this into this whole playbook, but it's like one, even with strategy, let's say you get a strategy in place, you get the plan, whatever, but then by the way, we're in a new world. So there's training that needs to come in, right? You need to train leaders, managers. This is one of the most important things of make or break right now. I think in this new world, it is anyways, but especially now, a lot of management is what I call lazy management. And that's, I think you're being productive if you're sitting in that chair 12 hours a day in the office and I can see you. That's when I think you're productive and that's who gets promoted. By the way, you're on Facebook the whole time. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that sort of thing. And so my thought is before COVID, but especially now, we need to train our leaders and our managers on how to lead in a virtual world, which really includes a lot of autonomy for people and not so much micromanagement and things like that. And really to your point, developing people, and again, training individuals on how to work virtually, how to work in a hybrid world, how to um, you know, do some of these, these things that are new in your organization, if it's new technology or just you know, new protocols, new processes, whatever that might be. So I think really focusing on the training part of it, the change management around this return to work, whether you're returning to offices or staying home or whatever that's gonna look like for your organization, that's gonna be key right now. And then I'm trying to think of other items beyond this whole moment in time. I think just with your people, it's those same tenets of developing them, appreciation, recognition, co-creation, um, belonging. You know, I actually have been advising a startup for a while and they have probably the best culture I've ever seen in my entire life. And <laughs> I've explored and studied and, and built a lot of cultures and they, they're small, but they're really, it's an amazing culture. What is, what is it about their culture that makes it so great? You know, it don't, I've been trying to put my finger on it for a long time, but I would just say every, if you think, I honestly, I don't know if they've done this, but I feel like what they've done, they probably must have done somehow, whether it was deliberate or not, 
it seems like they literally journey mapped every single person or every single persona or something. Mm. It's so deliberate, like every touch point to the point where it, and it doesn't feel forced. It's not like you walk in and you feel like, oh, well, that's how we work. So we got to do that. It feels very organic. Um, and, I, and an example of this is everybody in the company is really different from each other. When you think about education, background, geographies, they're global, very different skill sets, very different personalities. But there's enough of the common values that they share. So I think they hire for values is really part of it. Hiring for values, not culture fit, which we know is a very different thing. I think part of it is that because you'll be on a call and they're so different from each other, but there's never that like separation. It's always like, oh, what do we have in common? You know, so you, everyone feels like they belong. And it's like, oh, that's an interesting hobby. I've never heard of that before. Tell me more about it. So it's very much curiosity led. Um, reminds me a little bit of Microsoft in the sense that, you know, they shifted their culture a while back from the, the know-it-alls to the learn-it-alls with that growth mindset, Carol Dweck. It yeah, huge. Very much like that. That's, that is big. Uh, and when you can get people on board with that, and, you know, operating with that growth mindset of like, I want to keep learning and growing. And it comes down to how are they, how do they perceive the leaders and how are the leaders talking to them about those things? You know, I, I've talked about this many times before, but if you want to create an innovative culture and you want your people to innovate, they have to feel like they can try new things and not be yeah. punished if they I don't work out. Things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that your key. That's the other big thing is this leader of this organization. He walks the talk more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And so I think that that really is probably the biggest uh, tone setter. Yeah, okay. You created this dynamic workplace playbook and it sounds like it could be really helpful for people thinking through how we're managing this, this new way of working. Where can people go get a hold of that playbook? Um, well, they can find me on LinkedIn. They could find me. I have a website. It's experience and transformation, all one word.com. So we just, we just launched this. It's very new partnered with a commercial real estate organization in New York city to really pull in the real estate side of things too. So we have a people mm. side, real estate side, design side, all those pieces together. Um, and so we're excited to roll it out. Excellent. All right. So experience and transformation.com. Make sure you connect with Tanil on LinkedIn and follow her and make sure you're following me on LinkedIn as well, sharing content regularly. And maybe we'll do some more posts about change and transformation and this new way of working. Tanil, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all this. Uh, hang on because we do have a little bonus round to ask you a little bit more about your career. But thanks for sharing all of this today because I think this is going to be really helpful. This is, this is such a pivotal time in the world of talent development and the working world in general where people are moving around, they're living where they want to live, working how they want to work. Uh, there's more flexibility, more autonomy. Companies are able to dive more into technology. And the opportunity is just huge for everybody on both sides. And I just want people to, to do it right. So I appreciate you coming on to share this. Of course. Thanks for having me, Andy. All right. Thank you. All right. That was my interview with Tanil Miller, all about how to manage the changes going on in our world and still create a great culture, connect with our people. Make sure that you're following that advice that when the leaders come to you with requests, when the company decides, hey, we want to bring people back to the office, hey, we want to make this change, that you're starting with curiosity, that you're asking questions, that you're listening, that you're looking for opportunities to connect learning and training initiatives back to business metrics and business goals and business strategy. That's how we make the best decisions. That's how we become better partners to the business. So remember, curiosity, listening, asking people, what do they want? Looking for feedback because your employees have options and you want to provide them the best employee experience 
possible. So hopefully you got some great takeaways from that interview. Make sure you connect with Tanil on LinkedIn. Reach out, let her know what you think. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know that you follow the podcast and you enjoyed this. And remember, if you are looking for a community of like-minded learning and development professionals, talent development professionals, even a few DEI and HR general and career specialists, we've got a lot of great people inside the talent development think tank community. And if you work in learning development, talent development, organizational development, and you're interested in these topics, we'd love to have you. Again, we have a private Slack channel. We have live calls every Wednesday, including with guest speakers like Tanil and many others. And we do open forum calls where we just chat and support each other. And, and where else do you get that? Like, where do you get that? I mean, I know there's a lot of places where you can subscribe to a membership to get research and thought leadership, but where do you have a place where you will have a real community of other people facing similar challenges who can share their insights and best practices? I don't think there's anywhere better out there. That's why I created and love running the Talent Development Think Tank. You can find out more information and sign up by going to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us and use code HOTSEAT to get your, I think, 10% discount for being a listener. So thanks again for listening and tune in soon for our bonus episode with my Q&A with Tanil about her career. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.